Bad Bird presents Seat of the Allfather Written by Jay Isaac This is Chapter 3 Reborn Max jerked awake. He was in an unfamiliar bedroom, in an unfamiliar house. He glanced around the room, and his heart rate began to rise. The room had big windows and tall ceilings. The morning sun was just beginning to stream through the delicate curtains hanging near the side of the bed. He could hear voices coming from somewhere below him. He couldn't make out any words, just a dull chatter punctuated by periodic, shrill laughter. Max sat up. He flipped off the blankets and swung his legs to the floor. He stood up and quietly stepped to the window. Outside, he could see a broad, verdant lawn that was bordered on all sides by thick forest. None of this looked familiar. The boy turned and slowly approached the door. He opened it cautiously, peeking out. Before him stretched a short hallway, at the end of the hallway was a staircase going down. He crept out and approached the top of the stair. The voices below were loud now, but Max still couldn't make out what they were saying. It sounded like several children, with perhaps a woman joining in from time to time. He began a slow, cautious descent. The stair was carpeted and his steps landed silently. Upon getting the lower floor, Max scanned what was visible looking for an exit. The house was enormous. Max thought it might be the largest house he had ever been in. Suddenly, his eye caught hold of something down the way to his left, an exterior door. He immediately moved towards it. Hi. Max froze. The voice had come from behind him. Uh, are you going to eat breakfast with us? He turned to see a girl standing in the hall to the right of the stairs. She had dark brunette hair and electric blue eyes. The corners of her mouth were turned up in a slight smile. She looked to be about his age. Uh, breakfast? Max finally stammered out the words. She nodded and motioned for him to follow her. She headed down the hallway in the opposite direction. After a moment of hesitation, Max began to follow. The long hall ultimately opened into a spacious kitchen and dining area. The walls were a clean ivory color, lined with elegant wainscoting. There was a large window on the back wall, and a large, polished walnut table sat before it. Seated at the head of the table was a middle-aged woman with platinum blonde hair. Upon Max's entry, she smiled at him. He was taken aback at her beauty. On both sides of the woman was seated a teenage boy. One looked to be almost 20, the other maybe a couple years younger. Down further on the table were seated two much younger children, a very young girl and a boy. Neither looked to be much older than seven or eight. Max, baby, take a seat. The woman motioned for him to sit next to the youngest girl. As she spoke, the girl Max had met in the hall pulled out a chair and sat on the opposite side of the table. 
Max was so disoriented by the scene before him that he scarcely noted the woman had used his name. He silently sat in a chair, away from the rest of the group. Where am I? Max spoke haltingly, surprised at how shy he suddenly felt. The woman smiled and rolled her eyes playfully. Don't be silly. You're home. Or did you already forget who your family is? Home? This isn't my home. Max fidgeted with the tablecloth that hung above his lap. The woman began fixing a plate, presumably for Max. She seemed to ignore his last comment. I, for one, can't believe how long you slept in. You must have been having some very exciting dreams. What do you think, kids? She set the plate before Max. What do you think Max was dreaming about? She took her seat again and crossed her legs comfortably. Max's head was swimming with confusion, but he realized suddenly that he was hungry, really hungry. He began to eat, ignoring the six pairs of eyes that were now fixed on him. The girl Max had met spoke up, holding a half-drunk glass of orange juice with both hands. I think he was dreaming of something scary. He sounded like he was crying in his sleep. Max looked up at the girl, his mouth still full. Well, everyone has nightmares from time to time. I have this feeling like Max is going to have less of them moving forward. The woman's gaze felt like a physical touch. It was as if he could feel her eyes roaming his face, inspecting every curve and corner. Do you talk, little brother? The oldest boy spoke. There was no facade of charm on his face. He looked mean, and mean from experience. Max sat up from his plate and swallowed forcefully. I do talk. The word sounded small, even to Max. He set the fork down. I just don't know what to say. I'm not really sure where I am. I want to go home. I want to see my mom. The woman at the head of the table shook her head as if Max had said something crude. Maybe you should have slept a little longer. What do you mean? I am your mother, and this is your home. The last word was uttered with conviction, like the closing refrain of some ancient prayer. Max's eyes dropped. He didn't feel hungry anymore and fear began to build in his gut. I don't understand. My mom is at home with my dad. They're probably so worried right now. The sound of a vehicle pulling up could suddenly be heard. The woman smiled, looking out the window. Speaking of the devil, here's your dad now. She stood up, and the others at the table followed suit. They started heading for the door, and the woman placed a hand on Max's shoulder for him to follow. The air was crisp and almost cold when Max stepped out the back door. There was a wide, gravel driveway that wrapped around the house from the front, and now parked there was a late-model state patrol vehicle. A tall man emerged. He had reddish hair and a close-trimmed beard, both of which appeared to be graying. The man smiled brilliantly at the small group that had assembled before him. Hi, guys. His eyes settled briefly on Max. 
Are we gonna play some games tonight or what? The woman, who is now standing behind Max, placed a soft hand on his shoulder, speaking to him in a quiet tone. Your father has been working the night shift. Make sure to get all the quality time you can with him before his nap. Max felt his sleeve being pulled. He looked down, seeing the youngest girl standing there, looking up at him. She spoke in almost a whisper. I have bad dreams too. James stood quietly on the back porch stoop of the Lorne house. A burning cigarette dangled from his thumb and forefinger. Both arms were speckled red up to his elbows, and the blood was now beginning to dry. He took a long drag off the cigarette and then smothered it out on the railing. James' truck was parked around the corner from the alleyway. He walked to it and climbed in. Starting the engine, he considered how naive he had been the last decade. Naive to think that these people would forget about him. Naive to have let his guard down. And downright stupid to have let the boy stay home alone. His face was wrinkled in a fixed expression of apprehension. Driving back to his neighborhood, he made an oath to himself of what he would do if... If Max didn't come out of this okay. James approached his house, but he continued driving. The road began to narrow as it turned into a forest highway. He couldn't believe that he had been here all this time, right here, like a snake beneath the deck. James slowed the truck to a crawl as he drew near the estate. The gate on the driveway was open. He hesitated for a moment and then pulled the vehicle up to the house, exiting quickly. All was quiet. He didn't see any other vehicles present but there was a small outbuilding nearby that could potentially house a car. It was too soon for James to assume the place was vacant. He crept up onto the veranda and quietly tried the front door. It was locked. James looked through the window and saw very little. The house appeared to be sparsely furnished, just a couch or two in the big living room and maybe a desk against the back wall. He tried the back door it was also locked. No one appeared to be home. James used his elbow to knock out the glass on the back door. He then reached in and unlocked it. His heart rate was beginning to build as he swung the door open and stepped inside. The house was deathly still. James' footsteps sounded loud and intrusive compared to the quiet of the house. He moved quickly through the rooms, knife gripped tightly in his left hand. Finally. He exhaled loudly. There was no one here. He was flooded with disappointment. Fuck you, Lorne. Lorne appeared to be a better liar under duress than most. James began to head for the door when, suddenly, something caught his eye. A painting on the wall of a child laughing. It was painted in a familiar style. It was a familiar face. Lorne had been right. He had been there. The End of Chapter 3 This has been 
seat of the All-Father. Join us next time for Chapter 4.